we'll get this all set up so you can hear me. Pastor gave me a challenge. He said that, uh, oh boy. He said that after he was all healed up, he wanted to challenge me to a foot race. He hasn't a chance. This morning we're going to be uh, looking at Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40. And if you want to start turning there, the title of my message this morning is My Three Eyes in Responsibility. And as I uh, prepared for this this morning, um, I thought of a... uh, evangelist that has uh, uh, a few times had been here and that was Jerry Savinsky and I thought you know by now I'd only have nine minutes left to preach because he could preach uh, a lot in 10 to 15 minutes uh, packed it full of verses but uh, when I started following what and looking at what he had was saying I came up with all these pages uh, that he packed into that 10 to 15 minutes. And so I'm not going to do that. I talk too slow, for one. And so uh, uh, as we look at this this morning, uh, I'm going to take this from a man's perspective. Uh, Men and women, we think different, which we know. I have my boxes that I have everything placed in and uh, women tend to have theirs in well it it's sort of like the game pick up sticks everything affects everything else so I'm I'm gonna ha- I would have a hard time with uh, uh, talking as far as is that but for for my uh, making it easy for myself we're going to look at it this way from my perspective in my boxes. And the first one, as we look at this in Matthew 22 and 37 through 40, we see that uh, we have a lawyer that is asking a question of the Lord Jesus. And at this particular time, uh, this was a lawyer that would have been a student of the teaching of the law of Moses. And we see that he's a Pharisee slash lawyer and asks a question which was disputed among critics of the law. And as we read here, starting there in um, verse 37. And Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first 
and great commandment. And, thou sh and the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to look in your word. And Father, I pray that as uh, the, this message is presented, that Lord, you would be honored. You would be the one that's seen. And Lord, that you would speak to us through your word. We'll pray this now in Jesus' name. And so what we see here is that my first eye is I have a responsibility to love God. And again, uh, as we look uh, to another verse, another scripture passage, it's Mark 12 and 28 through 31. Starting in verse 28, And one of the scribes came, having heard the reasoning together, and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, The first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And so we see as we're looking at this, we're supposed to have a sincere love for the Lord. It shouldn't be phony. It should not be one only for men to see. It should be strong and an intense love. We must love him more than anything else. And that means that when we say anything else, that means we need to love him more than uh, our money, uh, our cars, our career. Uh, God is supposed to have the preeminence. We should have a desire, a will, a delight in being in God's presence. Just as we're here today gathered, we should delight in being in the house of the Lord. When we love God as his word prescribes, it will include our emotions, our reason, our will, every thought, feeling, word, and action should and will please and honor him. Our whole being, and this is important because it talks about that in the word, our whole being should please him when we love God as we should. Then if you turn with me uh, to Deuteronomy 6 and verses 4 through, through 7. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 7. Starting there in verse 4, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I commanded this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. 
And so we see here, God is telling us in his word, not only how we should love him, but when we should love him. And when we should love him is continually. Uh, you know, it, it clearly says that in, in, as we look at verse 7, when we sit us down in thy house, when we're walking by the way. You know, to me that walking by the way means when we are by ourselves. Uh, that should be our focus, loving the Lord. When thou liest down before we go to sleep, you know, if our, if our hearts are dwelling on loving the Lord, even as we uh, lay down to rest, our mind will be focused as we sleep, even, on thoughts that honor the Lord. And then, when thou risest up. You know, as we get up in the morning and we're looking at a new day, how often do we, in the busyness of knowing all that needs to be done, do we wait and take the time to ask the Lord to direct us in all that will happen that day, that everything, every action, every word will honor the Lord. And then as we, as we move on, that was my first eye. My second eye in responsibility is I have a responsibility, and, and this, depending upon who you are, whether you're, you're a man or a woman, or, uh, children, or uh, anyone else, uh, as far as the believers here, you can, you can find your, your place in this. Uh, we, have, we all have a responsibility to love your neighbor as yourself. And for me, as a man and a husband, my first responsibility, yes, was to, is to love the Lord. My second one is to love my spouse, to love my wife. So if you'll turn with me to Ephesians 5.25, and we'll look at some verses there that give us uh, some direction as we uh, look at that particular passage. You know, sometimes I think, as husbands, we, uh, we think that, okay, I told my wife at the altar I love her. And uh, well, we think then, well, she should just know as life goes on that I love her. And, uh, and it always seems like, well, I'm supposed to prove it. And guess what? We are supposed to prove it. And the word tells us that... Uh, there in Ephesians 5.25. And it says there in verse 25, Husbands, love your wives even as... And that's important there, that as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. And moving down to verse 28, So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. Verse 29, For no man ever hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord, the church. And then verse 33, Nevertheless, let every one of you 
in particular, so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. So we see here, as we look at the word, that we're given uh, the example of Jesus. Jesus Christ gave his life for the church. And we are to follow that pattern that he set. And the proving of that love for our spouse is a sacrificial love to begin with. We're supposed to die to self. My self-interest, <laughs> I'm supposed to put them uh, behind me and my wife's come first. In uh, Mark 10.45, and if we'll turn, turn to Mark 10.45, uh, the next thing we'll look at is, is that of a serving love. If I'm supposed to love my wife, I should have a, a serving love. Verse 45 says, For even the Son of Man came not to minister unto, but to minister, and to give his life a ransom for many. So we see that the example that Christ has for us was to serve. And so that should be for myself, I'm, I'm supposed to serve my wife. Uh, I have a serving love. And that part of that means... Uh, listening and helping. You know, sometimes it's easy to have, uh, as a husband, have selected hearing. I only hear what's convenient. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's easy for us to do. Uh, then in uh, Hebrews 4, verses 15 and 16, we'll, we'll look at the fact that Jesus wasn't too busy. There in, in Hebrews 4, there in verse 15 it says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. And so, whenever we have a problem, whenever we're in need, Jesus' example was that he wasn't too busy. He's attentive, he's sympathetic to our needs. And the, the uh, word clearly tells us that. Uh, if you'll turn with me also to First uh, Peter 3. And then 7 and 8, I'm supposed to have an understanding or an, a knowledgeable love, and that for my spouse. 1 Peter 3, 7 and 8. And there in verse 7 it says, Likewise ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as the weaker vessel, 
and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. In verse 8, finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another, love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. In that verse 7, it, it says, I'm supposed to be uh, knowledgeable. We're in, supposed to understand, know and understand our wives. Uh, and what that means is, I need to be a lifetime uh, student of our wives. And I know I, as I'm saying this, there's some of the men here that are, internally you're smiling because you're saying, it's impossible to know my wife. To understand her, yeah. Well, it, it needs to be a lifetime of of learning. And what we're trying to do is learn how to best love and serve them. Then, as we uh, move down uh, farther, here we'll look at being faithful and committed, and having a caring love. And and part of that. Uh, it's just paying attention. You know, we're supposed to nurture and cherish our wives. Uh, that means talk, and I've got that in parentheses. Talk with her. We're supposed to talk to them about our hopes and our fears. Uh, spend time. Uh, you know what makes them anxious. You know what gives their, them joy. And all of this, when we're uh, loving our spouse as we should, they will feel uh, safe and loved in our presence. You know, and it, it, as an analogy, it's similar to a gardener. And I, I know there's probably some gardeners here in the room, and you know what happens. If you take a plant, a potted plant, let's say, and you stick it in a dark room, and you just leave it there and do nothing with it, What's going to happen? It will wither up and die. And likewise, uh, men, if we uh, do not nurture and uh, love our wives that we sh as we should, you can understand how that can affect uh, the, our relationship. When biblical love is shown, men will love their wives, women will reverence their husbands, as we saw in the, in the word there in verse 8 of 1 Peter. Uh, children will obey their parents. That's Ephesians 6.1. You know, when uh, women reverence their husbands, they're esteeming their husband, which produces a, a care. They care to please them. And then if we're, right, you know, I've been talking as a, as a husband, but if as, a, as a church, as a whole, if we're to apply uh, some of the same principles of, of love, and specifically uh, that of loving your neighbor as yourself, that means that I am... Uh, praying for uh, my brethren. In uh, Acts 1 through 4, 114, it says, 
these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. 1 John 5.14 And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we asking according to his will, he heareth us. And this is where I'm, I'm headed with, with this specific uh, part of the, the message. You know, one of the, the, the greatest uh, ways that a church can show love is to pray for the church family. And as we, as we look at, you know, and maybe you're someone that doesn't fit some of the category here that, you know, you're, you don't have a spouse. Uh, and there's things that we can pray for and pray for a church family and really have a great impact on that family. You know, as we look at our church, we have... Uh, children in our church, but then we also have the youth group. And if I was to challenge us this morning, I would challenge us with praying that the Lord gets a hold of their hearts early in life, that they're saved at a young age. And then that the Lord would work in their heart to the point where they're making choices in life based on God's leading. Leading for, for college, for their life's work, uh, for the spouse that God would have for them. And that, uh, that God could do a, a work through those yielded hearts. You know, and as we look at the listing, and I and I think this is sometimes it gets lost. It's not that we don't pray for each other or pray for maybe our youth or our children, but I think God expects us to be specific. And as we look at, uh, and this is just a partial list of children and youth that we have in our our church. Here's ones that we can pray for: Aubrey, Caleb. Orrin, Anna Rose, Corbin, Panchito, Nico, Esther, Isaac, Victoria, Aaliyah, Liliana, Henry, Marcella, Lily, Anna, Anna, Eliana, that's just the children. On the youth group side of it, we have David, Enrique, Eduardo, Dara, Avery, Callie, Megan, Carter, Sam, Isabella, Isaac, Miriam, Eli, Amy, Aiden, Brita, Andrea, Melina, Haven, and Alexa, and then finally Aubrey. You know, if God, if we're doing what God calls us to do, and, and just think of what could be accomplished 
even if it's just a few of us, are praying daily for uh, God working in, in these young hearts, how God could greatly use, uh, even though this is a smaller group, could use even these. And again, as a church family, that uh, fits into our responsibility of, of loving each other. And then thirdly, we have a responsibility to love the lost or lost soul, souls. And that is, we have a responsibility to give out the gospel. In 1970, I sat in the fifth pew back. And uh, I was here by an invitation uh, from a woman that didn't attend our church. But she knew there were evangelistic meetings here. She knew the word would be preached. And uh, under the preaching of that word, and that was through um, Bill Hall, God used that to work in my heart. And that week, uh, I accepted the Lord as my Savior. My brother did, and so did my mother. And I recall days and uh, a couple years after that, my sister was saved, and then my father. And I can remember... After my father was saved, he had a burden for my grandfather. And I can remember him telling of giving the gospel, and this is an account of my mother, that my father was so burdened for my uh, father that he gave, had given him the gospel. And uh, her account was it the, that he went through the gospel, he was down... My, uh, on one knee in front of my grandfather. My grandfather had had a stroke and a heart attack. So uh, he had, usually was in a chair in the house that they were in. And I can remember my mother telling of how it went, giving the, the account to my grandfather. And uh, you have to understand, uh, to know my grandfather, he was a very proud man. He was, he was a farmer, had moved off the farm, and at that particular time, it, it seemed like it was uh, when you retired from farming and you moved to town, that was, that was supposed to be the, uh, the highlight, I guess. Uh, you, you had accomplished something because you, you moved from the farm to town. Uh, but with my grandfather, that, that never seemed like that was a, a good for, thing for him. Uh, it seemed like that stressed him out more than and farming ever did. But I can remember my mother relating the story of my grandfather having heard the gospel message. And his response was that, well, I, he understood that he was, that he maybe did some things wrong, but he was so concerned and consumed with what the neighbor was doing. The sin of my neighbor, well, that's far greater than anything that I've ever done. And so what his response to my father was, he said, well, I guess I'll die in a crooked grave. And, you know, you, you have to think about that. What does that actually mean? Well, in, in 
trans translating this, this, the Swedish thought that he had was, yes, he, he understood that maybe he did a few things wrong, but he was okay. He wasn't going to worry about that because he thought he was better than someone else. Their sin had to be greater than his. And so he rejected the gospel. Uh, another example, and this will be my last one on this. Same, kind of the same time period. My mother was uh, trying to witness to her mother. And she, uh, this was during a Christmas event. She had given uh, a book to my, my uh, grandmother, and it was the uh, life story of Corey Timboon and how God had worked in her life and how God had saved her and taken care of her because she trusted in the Lord. That particular Christmas, as the gifts were open, that was one that my mother had given to my grandmother. Well, for some reason, that Christmas, all of those were passed around. And I can re distinctly remember my uncle, who was a very vocal, uh, candid, outspoken individual. And when, the, when, he, when it came, as it's handed to him, and he looks at the title, and he's his, because I think the title on it was uh, Born Again. And his, he scoffed at it because he, he, what he said was, I hated being born the first time. Why would I want to be born a second time? And so what that tells you is the sin in his heart was so much on him that he didn't even like being alive. He had no joy in his life. And I don't know if my, my uncle ever accepted the Lord or not, but if you're here, and a lot of this that we've talked about this morning, you don't even understand it. It doesn't make sense to you. Well, that's probably because you don't have the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart, that you have not saved him. You know, in 1970, when I accepted the Lord, the... Bill Hall, what he preached on that night was hell. Very plainly, very clearly. And so if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, clearly the Bible does not mince words. It clearly says that you have to make a choice. And this is your responsibility. Your responsibility is what are you going to do with your sin? Are you going to pay for it yourself? And if that's the case, you will spend an eternity in hell by yourself, never, ever, without pain, uh, without uh, never regretting the fact that you never accepted the Lord. And so your second choice is that you can ask the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive you of that sin, that you can accept him as your savior. Because the word clearly says that in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3.10 through 11, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. You know, even though my grandfather didn't think too much 
that his, his sin was that great. His sin, if, if he didn't accept the Lord, was going to condemn him to a life in hell, an eternity in hell. Romans 3.11 says, There is none that understandeth. And maybe that's the case with you. You do not understand this. It doesn't make sense to you. If the Lord is working in your heart and telling you that I need to do something with that sin, then today is the day that you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. You need to ask him to forgive you and cleanse you from that sin and turn from it and accept Jesus' free gift of salvation for you. Romans 6.23 For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Verse 9, Not of works, lest any man should boast. Romans 5, 8, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 10, 9, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Verse 10, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I think it's just about uh, four weeks ago, uh, my wife and my mother-in-law and I, we went uh, across the border into Iowa, just uh, north of Sioux City. And we were on a trip to acquire a puppy. We had lost one that we had, a border collie. And so we had found uh, a new one. And we had told the uh, people, uh, it was a farm uh, family, and uh, we had told them a certain time that we were going to be there. And for some reason that day, my wife got hung up just a little bit in something else I think it was something in town and I don't remember what it was but it was about a half hour we were about oh uh, half an hour from the place and we're in roads that we've never been on before we're following the GPS sometimes that can be good sometimes that can be bad anyway as we're traveling uh, all of a sudden, we're seeing off in the field, there's a helicopter, and then there's uh, caution signs, and here there's been an accident. And this accident occurred at the crest of a hill. It's on a blacktop road. It's at the crest of a hill, and two cars had collided. Now, they weren't moving very fast, as far as the, the rescue workers and, and everybody come to find out. Uh, a few days later, both people had been uh, tragically died, killed that day because of that head-on collision. I can guarantee you that day when those two uh, people got up, they had no intentions of leaving this earth. They had no thought of death was going to be on their mind. But yet, that day, that was their day. That's when they died. Now, if they knew Jesus Christ as their Savior, they're in heaven with him. If they did not, they're in an eternal hell 
where the flame does not stop. You know, God's word is clear. Don't put it off. You, you don't know. You don't know. You clearly do not know. Uh, and the, the time, God's word says it is now. Let's go ahead and we'll uh, close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this morning. We thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, 